Good morning. This is Claudia Shamba, and I'm your host of Ask a Leader. It's the May 9, 2017 edition. I'm calling today the George W. Bush appointed Sally Yates Appreciation Day. Why not? Today, my guest for the full hour is Iresha Gunasinghe. She's a physician practicing cardiology and internal medicine in Kern County. And she's been taking the pulse of her patients regarding how the current political climate has been affecting their health deep in Trump country. Lessons can be learned on both sides of the political divide. We'll be right back with her interview. Welcome back to Ask a Leader. My guest for the full hour is Dr. Iresha Gunasingha, specializing in cardiology and internal medicine. She's in private practice in Ridgecrest, California. Her practice there is known as Compassionate Doctors. Originally from Sri Lanka, Dr. Gunasingha completed medical school in Colombo, Sri Lanka, and spent a year in the United Kingdom in doing clinical work as a medical student. Her residency in internal medicine was at a Yale-affiliated program in Connecticut, and she completed a fellowship in cardiology in New Orleans. She started her own practice at Ridgecrest in the year 2001. In 2014, she launched a couple of blogs, which all listeners are welcome to tap into at any later date, peoplepower77.blogspot.com and unitingtheusa.blogspot.com. Welcome, Dr. Gunasingha, today to Ask a Leader. Thank you for inviting me. Today, the purpose for having Dr. Gunasingha on is to examine what the body politics since the 2016 election, and we'll go back actually even further in the body politic, what kind of toll this is all taking on the public health, that the indicators that she has witnessed in her own practice in Kern County, which demographically is mainly, it's predominantly a conservative setting. So, Dr. Gunasingha, why did you start reading and studying this subject about po the political life that we all lead and the toll, the way in which it affects our own health? Yes. So I've been practicing in uh, Ridgecrest for a long time, and I've never seen this kind of uh, stress build up in my patients. And I started seeing very high blood pressures in, in my patients. It was happening rather suddenly. So I kind so when did it start to spike? Actually, I started noticing it when President Obama was trying to get reelected. That's the time that I saw it first. And it started making me worried to figure out why. Why was this happening? Because there has been many election cycles, and I had not seen it before. So what I did was I started reading as much as I could. And For I, instance, what were your sources? What, uh, what could be one of the first ones that I really, really kind of it struck a, a chord in me was Professor Jonathan Haidt. His was the first explanation that made sense to me. And just to segue into that, 
in a simplistic manner, what he found in his research was that people are born with certain ideological traits. And the good news is that we all have some common traits, which is we all want to protect the weak and we all want to be fair. But a conservatively ideological person would respect authority more than someone who is progressive or liberally uh, liberal-minded. And then the other big one is loyalty. A conservatively, ideologically conservative person has placed a big amount, uh, stresses a lot on loyalty. So if you look at... Versus what would be the liberal versus the liberal, Yes. So a liberal person prefers a network form of thinking. They don't like authoritative administrations. They like things to be equal. Or sometimes in preparation, you talked about connection. Yes. A value put on that. Yes. Okay. And then the second thing was they like to invite others in. This is still the liberal person. The we liberal want, we person. We've got to make sure we tack on to That's the, right. the antecedent there. That's okay. right. So when you look at these two, the way they think, the way they look at the world is going to be different. And that is something I learned after reading uh, the, the studies that Professor Hyde has done. The second fact about this whole thing is a concept called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance means we all have certain very strongly held beliefs. And when they are questioned by someone, we feel very uncomfortable inside us. And then we try to get away from that. You know, it brings anger and it feels very uneasy. So we either try to rationalize or we try to get away or completely disregard what is being said. We don't want to hear that. And we all have these certain values that we have. So that was another thing I learned in when reading about it. As you were watching yes. President Obama's re-election, 2011 to 2012, mm -hmm. like throughout, the, the spike was happening as the campaign was mounting or exactly. is it getting close to the, the finish Actually, line? Actually, uh, campaign was mounting. And then the third piece is when someone has this cognitive dissonance and when someone hears something that they don't want to hear, internally we start secreting stress hormones. And when we have stress hormones in our body, the part of the brain that gets activated is the fight or flight reaction part, which is an extremely primitive part of our brain. The hardest wiring. Exactly. And when that happens, the reasoning part of our brain, which is the frontal lobe or the part just above our eyes, that part, the activity starts going down. So what happens is when we hear these things that we don't want to hear, we are in the fight-flight mode and the reasoning starts slowly going down. When you are in that mind frame, you cannot really comprehend what another person is saying. You get very angry and that's the end of that conversation. And since none of us want to feel like that, 
we try to get away from information that makes us feel like that. Now, the perfect storm has happened. Okay, let's go back to the the 2012, uh, what, what you're seeing. Concurrent with what you were reading in 2012, you said that like the vital signs, the blood pressure was yes. elevating. Yes. yes. So I mean, to, uh, yeah. like so what, what percentage the, the, or what sort of yeah. quantitative? So the fascinating measures? thing was, you know, when you look at a person's health, and when when we when patients get blood pressure, high blood pressure, it does have a tendency to gently go up over the years, and we had to increase the medications in order to control it. Or you want them to maybe change some other life. Exactly. In, in addition to those, it's a common thing to for the blood pressure to slowly go up. What was happening here was a sudden rise. And the other fascinating thing was, after talking to them, I realized that this was an outside reason factor. that was causing a factor mm-hmm. that was causing this. So, you know, we live in a small town, so it's very easy for them to just drive in within about five minutes. So all I did was I did not increase their medication. I told them to shut down their TV. And for about three weeks, I monitored them closely. And they themselves came and told me that they felt better and their blood pressure started going down. This is why I realized that this was affecting us in a way that is very dangerous to our health and we don't even realize it. And on a personal note, I actually canceled my TV. I don't have TV now because I realized that it was causing us to be fall sick and that's not safe for us. So besides blood pressure, was this showing up in other kinds of things? Well, a lot of people, and I'm seeing it. Like like weight gains or whatever? More than that, uh, there was agitation and there was like uh, uh, insomnia. Those were the two things uh, I saw most, like a sense of restlessness and lack of peace. and um, Helplessness? I didn't see that as much as opposed to anger. Okay. Because remember, this was a conservative group of people that we were observing. And now I see it in both ends, and it's fascinating uh, because uh, the liberally-minded folks are really feeling helpless and angry and agitated, but so are the conservative feeling, like uh, ideologically conservative people, because they are angry with the people who are protesting. The resistance is really the, ticking exactly. them off. Exactly. And unfortunately, that is preventing us working together to find solutions. Because at the end of the day, we are all Americans, and that should be what we should be focusing on, not this this political divide. So my whole goal is to educate people and tell them why this is happening to them so that they themselves can look within them and start feeling better. So you also have liberally minded patients. Yes. So you're maybe you're sort of working different kinds of modes with helping bring down their blood pressures and agitation levels? Actually, you know, all I do is 
this is neither liberal nor conservative. They are both stressed. Right. So I'm presenting the same data to both of them. And they are both agreeing. And that's the beauty of it. You know, I wish they would start talking to each other. Well, how about you as a physician? You're in a mm -hmm. position to say, you know, my patient that you might find differs from you politically. It feels the same way you do. Do you ever say that as a little kind yes, of a I medical do. dispensation? Yes, I do. Dispensing? And, and, and um, the, the, you know, I, I asked them to refer to the blog that I wrote. Oh, you do send and, them there. And okay. then, yes, and then also, you know, I've done presentations in churches and they all agree. This is a universal concept and it is like they feel uncomfortable and none of us as human beings want to be uncomfortable. So when they figure out why they are uncomfortable, it's useful for both of them equally. For those of you who've just joined us, my guest is Dr. Iresha Gunasenga, and she is talking about how her practice in Kern County, that is in Ridgecrest, California, is informing her about the pitfalls of our body politic on our own individual and our, we'll call it our social health, here on Ask a Leader at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We're talking about what you found is working, what you're starting to work now, what worked in 2012 for a sector, a major proportion of your patients, you're looking over the divide, you're applying that now with your patients. Yes. And yes. that's what you're saying, that the common ground. So are they responding to when they next see you, maybe they have to adjust their blood pressure medicine or their uh, anti-anxiety medication? Do they say, well, I've checked out your blog and it's already, uh, it's, it's something that I'm chewing on. I'm, I'm finding it gives me some kind of a respite yes. from this dread. The, to be honest with you, the thing that really works what is does? shutting down your TV. And your radio too? Does my, do I have to turn off my radio? <laughs> I don't know much about the radio. I haven't really asked my patients to do that. I was wondering about that. Yes, but... The TV has really worked. I mean, they all tell me, the people who actually follow through, about three weeks respite from not listening to TV completely off uh, really makes a difference. It puts, it makes your mind still enough to start contemplating inwards and looking inwards. And then it also calms you down so that you can start thinking. And we as human beings have a lot in common as opposed to a little bit of a division. So once we start settling down, the fight-flight reaction is put on the back burner. We start seeing that a lot of people are just like us, have the same set of problems, etc. So that is my goal. Uh, try to educate people and tell them why this is happening to us. So the intensity of this occurring to us is all about this perfect storm that you were about to mention earlier. Yes. So give us, lay out all of these factors that are, they, uh, people okay. use different metaphors. I hear people say earthquakes, but I think tsunami is more fitting. Well, It's sort of like an overtaking of a wave. Know, and um, I, I'm more not damaging. sure what to say, but there's a couple of facts that 
you need to know. One is you are born with a certain ideological trait. That issue is there all over the world. And that's fact number one. And it's been there with us from the beginning. So that hasn't changed. What has changed is that there's a group of people that seems to be intentionally trying to divide us. And they have figured out the proper wording and uh, etc. to use those trying to divide us and show the divisions rather than what is common between us. So that's number one. Unfortunately, Google and Facebook. Google has written algorithms to please us. And in that attempt, what's happened is that when, say, I search for one word and you search for the same word, the search that we get, the results we get are different. So they are trying to give us what we want in order to please and not get us into that stress, flight, fight reaction to get activated. Okay. And then the same thing is happening in a much larger scale on Facebook. We see only what we want to see and we are not seeing the other point of view. And also the news has been curated exactly. for people who yes. consume news on yes. Facebook. And then intentionally, I mean, I'm guilty of this too, is like if we see some a friend of ours posting a whole bunch of things we don't want to see, we can block it, right? Right. So what happens is we start going into our own little bubble and staying there. And then when we start hearing something, even though it could be the correct thing, we don't want to hear it anymore. That's the cognitive dissonance. Exactly. So now we are being separated by all this. So the perfect storm has occurred. And even news, TV news, you know, we have the ability now to get data from whatever the way that we want to get. So that's, that is the perfect storm. So a lifeboat is back to that, that in the storm, turning off the television and I'm thinking maybe it's different television versus radio maybe I'm too quaint to bring up radio but that's after all what we're on this is the yes. medium we're using yes. right now but yes. that maybe one is more captivated with with the television that you're you're not usually walking around you're you're taking in the visuals so you're seated and exactly. and, and hearing and viewing it all so and it's not little, only that like you know I mean uh, Remember I told you I got rid of my TV. Yes. And now if I say go to a conference and I'm in a hotel room and I switch it on, switch the TV on, it's immediately it's like, oh my gosh, what's happening to my body? You know, it, it, is, it is horrible. The feeling is very uncomfortable. So you don't even realize it because you're in it all the time. Actually, I've noticed that myself with a long Good. break between Good. television. I'm, I'm struck Right. Mainly by the huge production that's involved in exactly. that. The, all, my all my senses and thinking is bombarded by that. So yes, uh, that's very that resonates. And I'm not even talking about any political content coming up. It's just the production, that the is wall right. of effect. Right. And then even the ads. You know, they're trying to capture us. They're trying to so they irritate us, and that irritation on a chronic, like a long-standing way. If you keep hearing this will destroy our bodies and affect our peace of mind. And that is what I'm worried about. So 
you've talked about what Dr. Haight has proposed. Well, let's talk about the research that Dr. George Lakoff is presenting. He's been very involved in many media outlets, I've noticed. And, but he's been involved. He's been doing this work for more than 20 years. So what can you tell us about the parental concepts that he has studied and yes. how that informs what we as adults are like in using that parental yes. construct? So one of the things that really, like, I was curious about and I couldn't comprehend literally was I had patients who were really suffering before the Affordable Care Act came into being and because they had pre-existing conditions and they couldn't really get insurance. And even these patients, like I know one person who literally nearly died because he didn't have insurance, even they were not for the Affordable Care Act. Uh, that's that's cognitive dissonance in exactly. its purest form. Okay. And I was trying to figure out the why. Why couldn't they comprehend this? And one of the best examples I've come across is one thing that Professor Lakoff said. He said, there are two concepts that people believe in. And again, remember, uh, one very important thing we have to remember always in medicine is the normal distribution curve which basically means that, let's say, you know, I'm very short, so therefore I'm in one extreme, and there are very tall people who are like seven feet, and they are in the other extreme. One to but two standard deviations exactly, from the middle. Yes. Okay. And But the majority of us hang around in the center. So the same thing applies to everything I'm saying. You know, we have a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and we hang around in the center until we are pushed to the corners. With that artificial so, intelligence help. Okay. <laughs> yes. So what Professor Lakoff had said was there is a concept of a strict father, and I'm going to just quote something he said, which is a strict father is the breadwinner, and he needs to be strong. He needs to be strict and punish the kids when they do bad things. The wife's role is to take care of the family and stay home. The wife is not an equal partner in this relationship. There are people amongst us who think like that. And then what happens is, even if they are in the forum of making public policies, they tend to follow the same thing. For example, if someone is bad and they are suffering, say for instance, someone is very poor and they're suffering, in their mind, they think that they have been bad and that's why they are suffering. Therefore, we should not lend a helping hand. And the same thing, the female is considered not an equal partner. We just have to respect their point of view. There is no reason to argue with them, but we have to understand them. If we understand them, then we can work together. Fighting them serves no purpose. And that's number one. The second category is nurturing parent. They think the kids are vulnerable and they need to be protected. And both parents work together as a team. So their policies tend to be focused on those. So a poor person, maybe we need to give food stamps, we need to help them and give a lending hand. 
and the same thing goes for you know equal pay etc etc again if we can understand the policy makers and their point of view it'll be easier to talk to them you know rather than fight with them and that's the other thing i learned from professor lekoff the final point professor lekoff brings on is that we hear different things um so when we are trying to communicate with someone it's important to know where that person is what their world view is what language resonates with them and if you have to work as a team it's critical that we use those and not use things that do not resonate with them this is the way that we have to unite and the only way uh, we are going to do that is we have to be at peace otherwise we won't be able to do that so when you were talking about the effect of resistance marches mm-hmm creating a wedge between in the body politic i know that one of the charters for each of the marches that have happened since donald trump's election is to create a positive feedback loop for people who've not been politically engaged ever right. in their lives right. so there's a role to nurture foster public political engagement so it's necessary for those marches to occur for at least activating if whether or not that's the goal for for all in society but for me i, I would perceive that as I, i value as a goal everybody being politically engaged so yes. so we we can avoid that feature of these resistance marches to Actually, start uh, if you think about it instead of it's it is a resistance march and i do believe we need to express our opinions that's very critical but at the same time what you are forgetting is people feel isolated and then a resistance march brings them together and that's that the itself, feedback loop that is the feedback loop that's what i'm talking and about and then now. to say that is so true it is a form of healing it also if we don't start fighting but actually listening at the same time we can have a better value in that communication at the time of the march so dr dr iresha if I, it's much yes, easier please. for dr yes. iresha so i'm wondering if maybe one minor solution is and it's so simplistic i i could be thrown out of the studio here is that we have two sides to every banner So there can be the feedback loop to, that pleases those present yes. in the march and the other side is for the other side of the political divide. So to like to use different kinds of language almost in a sense. Uh the way I see it is is twofold. Number one, we when we are frustrated and and actually you know I don't know whether we have time or not but if you do Please. one of the things we have to do is a philosophical way of thinking that is number one you have to take care of yourself that's number one goal it's like the old put the oxygen mask on first there we go we always say very, that very 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 critical that's what it is yes because if you think of our mind and our soul and the way we think if we are like a calm lake it's very easy for us to observe others and see where they are coming from have compassion towards them and be caring and be actively listening to what they have to say 
But if our mind and our energy is like this stormy ocean, we are not going to hear anything anybody says and we are going to be mad, our blood pressures are going to be high and we are killing ourselves as well as not making any any headway anywhere, policy-wise. So it is very critical that we look within ourselves and get that get to that point. And uh, the second issue is, as part of healing, resistance and marches are critical because it's a way to get together and communicate our frustration. It's actually, I've noticed... It is very, very... For exactly, for it's the, cathartic. It's and the the tonic is in the witticisms that are offered. I mean, it, even over the political yes. divide, the witticisms yes. have a, a, a value of suspending the, the the agitation. Yes. The second thing is one of the biggest stresses, practically speaking, that we are encountering is ninety nine percent of us do not have a lot of money. And we have to start thinking in a different way and trying to be frugal so that we are not stressed. My key point is, please, you have to take care of yourself first before you start thinking of anything else. And once we don't need a lot of money, we can be very creative and live within our means, but we have to learn that. It's a new thing that we have to learn. Once those two are there, when our mind is at peace, then we have to start reading and understanding why different people are behaving in a different way and why they seem to be looking at the world in a different way. Once we understand that, that's when communication can start. That's when we can sit together and come together and create global solutions. And the next points? Yes. So once yourself is calm and peaceful, I would invite all of you to try this and have a conversation with one person. That's my request to you. And it needs to be face-to-face. It cannot be via Facebook. And then it should be at a time when both of you are very relaxed. And you state the goal. The goal is to unite all of us. And you state by saying, you love the United States and I love the United States of America, but powerful forces are trying to divide us. And what we need to do now is to put aside our political ideologies and we need to unite as Americans. The next point I need to say is that I cannot change you and you cannot change me, but I can change myself. That is critical. So basically, we are educating the person next to us, and we are hoping that this new knowledge will give them some insight. And then you go on to say the three things that I outlined before, which is we are born with certain ideological traits, and which is, could be conservative or uh, liberal in nature. We all have cognitive dissonance, which is we don't like to hear things that are against our worldview. And when we hear things, the fight-flight reaction in our brain 
starts getting activated and then we stop hearing the other person and uh, it, uh, it becomes a fight. If we can educate each other about these facts and just let it be there, let them think about it, I do believe uh, they will understand the problem and we will stop looking at each other as the enemy and start looking at each other as another human being with a different point of view. And that is my request to all of you. Just have this one conversation. And that changes everything in our political climate and our discourse. That is right. It is an example. It's sort of the origination of the handshake. It's extending your hand to show there's no weapon in it. That's why we have that. That's I didn't know that, but that's amazing, and that is exactly what we need to do just now. Okay. Extend our hand okay. in friendship. Well, it sounds like turning off the television sets us on the path to yes. the engagement. We're, yes. we're getting less commercial sorts of reinforcement yes. about consuming things. So that's that right. you're, you're getting a few jobs done, and it may be that it puts us on the front porch and not in our uh, on our screen. Absolutely so, right. So I want to get back, as you're talking and unpackaging these aspects, is do your patients recognize you as a progressive woman? Yes. They know that. Yes. yes. And they are, they, they're putting their life in your hands, and so you are suggesting things they know is in their best nature. Are they, they're accepting that from a progressive voice who's a very, who's a clinician with such integrity? Yes. The reason is twofold. Number one is I've been there for over 19 years now, and, you know, I've developed long-standing relationships with them. The relationships, that. Exactly. That's your... Yes. And then the second thing is we've done a lot of community work together. You know, we've had community gardens, different things that are supposed to be so-called progressive. But if you really listen, they too believe in those from a different point of view. So that is there. So to me, you're absolutely right. It's the relationship. And thirdly, the most critical thing in having these conversations is we are not trying to get them to come to so-called our side, you know, just respect them as they are. What we are trying to do is to understand why they are thinking the way they are thinking and putting, like, you know, demeaning their point of view and making them feel minimal is is a, is a is not the correct way to go because then, obviously, they are not going to listen to you, period. You know, if you keep thinking, oh, that was a stupid statement to make, well, then the conversation is over. So you actively listen and you try to empathize and you try to understand their point of view. You don't have to agree you just have to understand their point of view. So to take Dr. Lakoff's, one of his points, and examine what is happening in this kind of dialogue you're setting up is, he's mentioned that the first impression is, is the most essential piece to a body politic. Whoever can establish that first impression then anybody coming with a different point of view after that has an incredibly uphill job to dismantle that first impression. It's a you were intimating earlier about there's a defensiveness about maintaining your position, right. but so that um, 
it is i i would put it in a different way okay when i tell you a fact if it is in your world view well then it's very easy to convince you but on the other hand if it is 180 degrees the other way i don't think if even if you told it to me i will take it in although that's the first thing i heard i will try to look for reasons not to believe it so i would think that's not quite accurate but there is a second part to it you know when we were in med school in order to remember a fact we had to read it at least five times you know memorize it read it read it read it that is true of anything so professor lekoff says it very well don't quote me exactly on this but somewhere like 95% of our thinking happens in a subconscious mind right so if we keep hearing the same thing over and over and over again from different sources guess what it does go deep into our psyche and at that point it is very hard for us to change and change that and for according to him over the last 40 years this has been happening so certain things have really gone into people's minds and to me trying to change those things should be a secondary thing we should try to catch the low hanging fruit so to speak of and develop a friendship first our relationship first and then we can you know have further conversations but just now what i'm trying to stop is this anyone with a different ideology anyone with a different point of view is considered an enemy we need to stop that you're trying to slow down cease the deepening of the trench warfare yes 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 for those of you who've just joined you're listening to ask a leader on radio kuci 88.9 FM in Irvine. My guest for this entire hour is Dr. Iresha Gunasingha. She's a cardiologist practicing in the city of Ridgecrest, California. That's in the Central Valley in Kern County, and we are talking about what her practice as a cardiologist and an internist in her town, how it informs her about the way in which our political discourse is unraveling us all and it's showing in spades in our vital signs. Well, I wanted to say how successful that climate scientist Catherine Hayho is. Mm-hmm. She is an evangelical climate scientist. I don't know Dr. Iresha if you are familiar with no, her work. I'm not. But she's going she's I believe on the Kansas University okay. faculty and She goes to evangelical congregations and talks about climate science from an evangelical perspective and she's got the relationship that That's that right. essential piece that yes. you're talking about. Yes. And so maybe she with that relationship she's able to really move pretty fast yes. with converting a congregant's frame of mind in, about this. It it doesn't hurt that extreme weather conditions are showing economic impacts on those evangelical right, congregants. Right. See the issue is more than I I don't think we should use words like converting. What it is is they already have a world view and then if we point facts and say something in the same way that resonates with them 
the fact could be understood rather than put it in a different way you see i i use so what's it the all verb the time then? I, uh, I, that like for example it's hard to explain this but basically when you are trying to explain a disease to someone i have to look at that person understand where they are from an education point of view where they are from a world view point of view and, and lifestyle life exactly and then tell it to them in a way they understand it you know i'm not going to use weird medical words which they would not understand serves no purpose same thing applies to any conversation we are going to have and and you'll be amazed they all want their best for their kids they all want to live peacefully i have yet to hear a human being say anything to the contrary so these are the common values and these other very superficial things that's dividing us if we try to show them look these things are dividing us and there's no need because there's so much that we have in common then life is easier just now they are being portrayed as the enemy that is the key so whether it's climate change whether it's affordable care let's talk about that yes anything any policy i believe can be resolved and could help people if we approach it the correct way but first there is this teaching there is this education public health that we have to bring in to this conversation that's not being had which is why are we so angry with each other why are we behaving this way we have to educate each other about the why everything else will fall into place so the affordable health care act mm-hmm. was voted out of the house of representatives yes. last thursday so this is not only situational kind of case study but it substantively addresses people's public health right so would you spool back the way in which the discourse has taken place yes. or where do we go uh, from here forward because it's in the still in the legislative arena the senate is going to be taking this up right yesterday my my wish my my dream is to try to get an opportunity to educate our policy makers you know they need to learn about cognitive dissonance they need to learn that you know the especially the conservatives their group loyalty is so intense that everything else has gone out of their mind they are just being loyal and you know those things once you point them out they will realize that this is going to hurt a lot of people and then also tell them like professor lakoff you know poor doesn't equal bad these are very deep subconsciously held values that are coming up if we just share them with them and show them this is why you are behaving this way please pause for a look moment look within you see where you stand so that at that point then you can listen to a different point of view unless we bring that to their attention and teach them about this or educate them about it we are not going to have any policy worth talking about but this assumes that you have their attention and it assumes that you can disassemble that loyalty group dynamic those are tall orders dr iresha no because 
I do believe, I strongly believe in a philosophical thought, which is all human beings are inherently good. I start there. And if you start there, and, and remember, a conservatively ideological person respects authority. So if I can get someone they respect to bring this to their attention, it'll click in very quickly. Who do you have in mind? I have nobody in mind, unfortunately. <laughs> but I have checked it out myself. Like, you know, I have tried it on, uh, like, uh, you know, having this conversation with extremely conservative people that respect me as a physician, and it goes very well. So I am constantly, constantly trying to find people that these politicians respect and trying to contact them so that we can communicate these very simple things to them so that there is a change. That's the only way a change is going to happen. Otherwise, we are just going to be fighting with each other and not getting anything done. So I know there is a doctor-patient confidentiality. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to out any of your patients, yes. but I'm going to ask about a type, though, who's your best prospect in this effort, is you'll have major growers, proprietors of, of farms in the... Uh, in not, the not, in, in, not in Ridgecrest? Not, not they in don't Rich live Christ. there. No, 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 no. Our biggest industry is the um, Navy research base. We have Okay, China, so there's like, military yes. leaders yes, then. Yes, yes. Who can yes. see, I don't know that the military benefit package is changing with the Affordable Health Care Act. That'll be the last one to change, but I am thinking it will. But at this time, I don't think it is going to be impacted much. But yes. they, but that may be the, the individuals that you're suggesting you might know, make I, the appeal. I, I keep looking to find a person, but uh, my my request to all of you who are listening out there is, Please, please read those six steps that I outlined where you can have this conversation with a conservative friend or a liberal friend. And uh, the blog is at unitingtheusa.blogspot.com. It's very simple. And then hopefully, hopefully, we will be able to penetrate the politicians and let them have this conversation. And if anyone has any ideas on how we can communicate it to the politicians, please let us know because that's what we have to do in a hurry. Is just Kevin now. McCarthy your congressperson? Mm -hmm. okay. Yes, yes, so yes. He's number I have tried. two. Number two in Congress, I that's all. I have tried so hard to contact him, but I have been able to contact the staffers, and I've had this conversation, and they agree with me. But I have not been able to talk to Mr. McCarthy, and I'll keep trying. So, and that's been part of the problem in this season is during these congressional recesses, the availability of name, fill in the blank, your congressperson, there isn't a forum for this kind of back and forth. So you, the tree is falling in the woods, but uh, exactly. nothing's being, we can't hear a blessed thing. It is thing. so true. But remember, there is a statistic which says that if we penetrate this concept about why we are being divided and we start learning about it, if 18% of a community understands this and starts sharing this information with their uh, families and friends, 
pretty soon we will have a majority who understands this. And, uh, you know, before our conversation yes. here on radio, we I was telling you a public health fact. Long ago, we didn't know that we had to wash our hands to avoid infection. Somewhere along the line, 2,000 times, we got the message from different venues, different people telling us, wash your hands, wash your hands. That's the way that you are going to avoid infections. Guess what? We all wash our hands now. Same thing has to happen. You know, we are being divided, and this is why, and it's a simple clinical psychological reason, and therefore there's no need to think of some other person as our enemy. This is the simple message. And if we get it through in our people, this concept of the enemy will go away. We'll start talking to each other again. And that's what I want to happen. Dr. Iresha, this is a tall order for people to tone different social and discourse muscles. It's it's asking a lot of everyone. I have a bit of a concern and mm-hmm. the extent I'm going to use entertainment as the opiate of okay. choice. There's there's opiates that are already yeah. signaling people's disengagement, their hopelessness with their economic, their social prospects. But yes. there's I see entertainment as another opiate that is blocking yes. the mobilizing of this kind of gradual reversal of our fortunes that you're talking about. How are we going to address that? To me, the simplest thing is to shut down the TV. I mean, I keep getting back to that because but I But the phone's got to turn off. Yes. We've got to, we got, I mean, the, yes. we, no screens. I well, mean, that's... That is how our, are we going to get that entertainment piece out of everybody's... Instead of lighting up, they're, they're dialing yes, up. Yes. You're so true. And I don't have a solution. But the thing is, what I personally uh, saw in my own life is... Shutting down the TV, to me, gave me such peaceful feeling. I'm hoping that will add as the easy thing. We can start with shutting down the TV. Then we can approach these other things that are there. And then, you know, it's like baby steps. First thing is to understand what's happening then you, I mean, most of us are intelligent enough to figure out what sequence, how we are going to do it. But to me, the easiest thing was to shut down the TV. But that was easy for you, but I'm not sure. Others will find it exactly. an easy step. So the other option could be, okay, limit it to a certain amount. Like, okay, I'm going to listen to one hour of this crazy TV stuff. You know, something like that. It depends on what you can do. But the thing is, please, you need to do something because this is going to kill us all. So the step taking is not doing something, but while you're not doing something, something you actively commit to and sort of to fill in that. So I'm, I'm thinking quaint here for a moment. Is okay. The screen is going to go off. I know that maybe in advance. Maybe I do it now. but And I know that I'm going to... Engage. I'm going to have a, oh. some porch time with somebody, or I'm going to make my next ride on a transit. I'm or I'm going to outside uh, in a, waiting in a line, waiting in the Sangak Persian bread line yes. in uh, in our nearby grocery store. I'm going to make that uh, a live 
personal engagement versus, you know, whipping out a there phone. Or, um, yes. So it's sort of, we can't just undo something. We have to quickly replace it with something so that it will ha- actually happen. Well, you know, I I come from Sri Lanka originally, and, yes. and you know, we have a Eastern philosophical outlook in my life. So not doing anything is very cathartic you know it it is i keep getting back to that thing where it's like a calm lake and and you don't have to do anything just watch like this the beautiful sky the birds you know wherever you are the people around you you all of a sudden start seeing things differently if your mind is not like in this crazy stormy place so you don't have to replace this. I would urge you not to replace it, but to just let your mind be still because that is the first step towards healing internally and then also coming up with great ideas to help solve world problems. Well, Does that make sense? That makes, that makes sense in a, a resounding good conclusion mm-hmm. to this uphill situation that we are all facing, every last one of us. So I trust that you've given, although a demanding takeaway to all of us, that there is something we can all do as a direct result of hearing your vital contribution today. Dr. Iresha Gunasingha. Thank you so much for being on Ask a Leader today. And please keep in touch with us here at Radio KUCI. And we hope we can dial in an interview at a later date remotely and see how you're doing in terms of rallying, in terms of how you can bring this divide to a lower temperature, lower pitch. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much. Dr. Iresha Gunasingha is a cardiologist. She is practicing in the city of Ridgecrest, California. That's in Kern County. And we're talking with some of her clarion calls for our personal and our collective health. She can be followed on peoplepower77.blogspot.com and, as she's mentioned several times, unitingtheusa.blogspot.com. Dot com. All the best. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, that was my wrap, folks. Talk with you next week. Thank you for listening.